0: Amen. Happy holidays to each and every one of you. We pray that you had a wonderful time with your family and friends uh, during this uh, Thanksgiving season. And um, when my wife and I got in town yesterday from Texas, I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm glad to be back. But I did not miss this weather, Lord. Uh, so, um, But we're glad to be back and to celebrate and be with each and every one of you. We missed our Grace Church family, even though we were gone for a week. Uh, We miss each and every one of you. Well, uh, this is a wonderful time where we give thanks to God for what all he has done. And as we're getting ready for the conclusion of this year, we continue to give God thanks for all he has done. And as I look at my role and uh, the opportunity I have to serve each and every one of you, I know I cannot do it uh, without uh, the support of my wife uh, and everything that she does to help me out in life and in ministry. Uh, you know, when God created a woman, He did not create a woman from the skull uh, to lord over the man. Did not create the woman from the backbone to stand behind the man, nor from the footbone to stand under. Uh, but God created woman from the rib to stand beside. And you must understand that pastors cannot do what we do without the ones that stand beside us. And so the reason why I say that is because while we celebrate and honor the man of God, our founding lead pastor, Pastor Ray Sensenick, we want to give God praise and glory for the one that stands beside him because she is celebrating her birthday this weekend. Can we give God praise for Nancy? Come on, y'all. Let's stand up and let's give God praise for Nancy. Can we all stand and give God praise for Nancy Sensenick? Amen. Amen. We honor you, Nancy. We honor you, we honor you, we honor you. Thank you so much. I wanted to do more, but I was like, okay, I, wanna, I don't want to surprise her too much, but, uh, but, the, but we give God praise and glory for you uh, because you are the one that helps the man of God continue to stand, and we're grateful for you. So we're going to go right to the Word of God, Exodus chapter 16, Exodus chapter 16. If you have your Bibles, Exodus chapter 16. Exodus chapter 16, we're going to start at verse 1. If you're going to the back of the Bible, you're going the wrong way. Go back to the front. Uh, Exodus chapter 16, Exodus chapter sixteen. starting here at verse 1. And I'm going to start reading, and the Word of God says as this in the New Living Translation. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of sin between Elam and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. Verse 2. There, too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. They sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you brought us into the wilderness to starve us all to death. I want to talk to you from the subject of thought, when back there looks better than up there when back there looks better than up there let's pray together father we ask that you speak to our hearts and our minds in jesus name amen when back there looks better than up there so on august of this year my wife and i we celebrated two years of marriage and before sharice and i got engaged and before we started dating i was preparing for my now wife When I moved to Lancaster, Pennsylvania from uh, Maryland, I I had a nice two-bedroom apartment in an awesome neighborhood. I had my own private entrance. I had a a grass area. I had my own garden and everything. I purchased all new appliances. I had a queen-size bed. I had uh, a nice leather couch. I had all these things that I bought new. I didn't just see it as my blessing of uh, of of then. I saw it as my blessing for the future. I, I was thinking that I'm living all the I'm living in all this blessing. But all my wife will have to do is after the wedding day is just move in. Everything is decorated. Everything is brand new. Everything is ready for her just to come on in. Well, let's just say I learned two lessons. Number one, even though it's your stuff, let's just say your stuff now becomes your wife's stuff. And number two, that even though you you, you decorate it, your wife's going to put her touch to it. And another thing I learned, that even though it was my blessing of residence back then, doesn't mean it's my blessing of residence for right now. Many times the blessings of then was not designed for us to stay there. It was designed to prepare you for what's coming next. So, so once we got engaged and I was excited, I, I began to now make an offer to my now wife and said, okay, here's the blessing that God has created and, and given to us. And all you have to do is after the wedding day, just move on in. So I, I was giving her that, that, that pitch and she hinted to me that she wanted to move. Yeah, hear that? She, she hinted to me that she wanted to move. And I was under the impression that we can stay in this current place. I saw this as a blessing from God. And, 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 and my wife said, yes, it's a blessing from God, but it's a blessing for God as a bachelor plan. It's not where we're supposed to live together. This is I, I would love to see us get apartment together. I, I, I thought this were all uh, legit reasons that we should stay where we are. This is all nice. I begin to theologize my reason for staying where we are. Because the reality is, it, it, it may not be uh, like this new apartment that we want to get, but let me just tell you, it's shown sure enough cheaper. So my wife encouraged me to, to apply to this loft apartment and complex, and I, I thought it was really nice, and I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was so nice that I knew we could not afford it. But the reality is, we we stepped out and and applied. But but I said, but but where we are, where we currently are, it, 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 it may not be as nice as that place, but it's cheaper. And, and you know, when it's cheaper, it's cheaper to keep it. So let, let's let's just stay. Let's just stay at this particular place. But my wife saw something that I did not see. And the reality is, I've become to get so familiar and comfortable because where I was was easy and simple because I could manage the blessing on my own. Have you ever gotten to that place where you have tried to manage the blessing on your own? Because the reality is when you start to manage the blessing on your own, it was no longer God's, it becomes yours. You know, in our text today, the Israelites have been set out of Egypt for one month, and they're on their way to the promised land, which they've been told about. The promised land was their inheritance. They didn't know where the promised land would be or when they would get there or where it would be. All they were, was just told is where they're going is much better than where they've been. On their journey to the promised land, they had to travel through Elam. and Elam is known as the oasis of rest and comfort. In our text, the Israelites are coming out of Elam, which is known as the oasis of rest and comfort, to go to Mount Sinai, which is known as the place to meet with God. And between Elam and Mount Sinai, they're on their way and they're going through the wilderness of sin. Everybody shout the wilderness of sin. Y'all got to talk back to me. Everybody shout the wilderness of sin. There we go. The wilderness of sin, theologically in this text, has nothing to do with sin, it's just a wilderness. Have you ever been in a place where you are in between two seasons? You, you, you felt like you were in a place of oasis of rest and comfort, but, but on your way to the promised land, you feel like you're in the wilderness. It seems like instead of moving forward, it seems like everything is getting dark. But, but can I tell you something, my brothers and sisters, where you're going is much better than where you've been. I don't know about you, but 2019 seemed like Elam, a place of rest and comfort. And and, 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 and 2020 seemed like we entered the wilderness. And it seems like we're even it's still in the wilderness because of this pandemic. But as we're getting ready to go into 2022, I come to tell you that up there is much better than back there. You may say, well, Pastor Rodney, how in the world can you encourage me to let me know that where I'm going is much better than where I've been? Number one, number one, this is my first point, is that sometimes back there can look better than up there is when you're complaining overpowers your singing. Let me say that one more time. When our complaining overpowers our singing. The Israelites were known as a group of people that always sang song unto the Lord. Exodus 15 is actually a very popular song that they sang, and in, I in, in, in quote, and it says, I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted, both horse and driver, he is hurled into the sea. The Lord is a strength in my defense, he's become my salvation, he's my God, and I will praise him, my Father God, I will exalt him. Who among the gods is like you, O Lord, who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, Working in wonders, you stretch out your right hand and swallow all your enemies. In your unfailing love, you will lead your people and your redeemed. You are the strength and you will guide them with your holy hand. Verse 17, you will bring them and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance. The place the Lord has made as your dwelling, the sanctuary, the Lord has established your hand. The Lord reigns forever and ever, unquote. Now, does this sound like complaining to you? This sounds like praise unto the Lord, thanksgiving for all he has done. But my question to you today, my brothers and sisters, what was the last time you sang your song unto the Lord? I'm not talking about songs you sing here on church every single Sunday. No, no, no. I'm talking about a song from your heart that you give God thanks for all he has done. You see, singing praises unto the Lord is a reminder of thanking God, not just for who he is, but thanking him for what he has done. You see, praise takes our eyes off of things of this world and places our eyes on Christ. Because praise is the opposite of complaining. Let me say that one more time. Praise is the opposite of complaining. Psalms 9, 2 says, I will be glad and I will exalt you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Psalms 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgets not all of his benefits, who forgiveth all thy iniquities, and who healeth all thine diseases. Psalms 9, 1 says, I will give thanks unto the Lord with all my heart, and I will tell of your wondrous deeds. Psalms 34 says, I will bless the Lord at, what, all times, and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. And now, can I show you something? The Israelites were singing praises in chapter 15, and now in chapter 16, they're complaining. Y'all get that? And in chapter 15, they, they're singing praises, but in chapter 16, they're complaining. They are complaining because they didn't have enough food. The supplies they carried with them from Egypt began to run out, and they wanted that food that they had back in Elam to sustain them through the wilderness. The Israelites thought what sustained them in one season was going to sustain them in the next season. Can I tell you something? The previous season was not a bad season. It was a good season. Elam was the, a place of rest and comfort and they're on their way to Mount Sinai. But can I tell you something, my right, brothers and sisters, what sustained you in Elam will not sustain you on the mountaintop. What sustains you in 2019 and 2020 would not sustain you in 2022. As we read the Israelites complaining, it would have seemed that salvation was more experienced than anticipated. But in other words, they did not live through weeks and weeks and weeks of famine or malnutrition. Neither did their livestock go without malnutrition. But they started to feel like they were getting ready to get hungry. They started to feel that they were getting ready to be starving. I don't know about you, but have you ever complained in a season that was not merited? (laughs) Have you ever begun to get to a place where it seems like all the world was going to break through for you? But can I tell you something today? Even though all hell probably has broken loose for you in 2021, I come to tell you that you're still here. You you may be limping, but you're still here. You may have tears coming down your eyes, but you're still here. Your body may be wrecking with pain, but you're still here. You might have COVID or your spouse may have had COVID, but you're still here. You probably might be mistreated or betrayed, but you are still here. Complaining is an indication that we're walking by fear, not by faith. And faith is believing we can make it even when we don't see it. Faith doesn't require us to agree with all the details. It requires us to trust that God is going to make everything work out in our favor. The Israelites still had food and they were complaining about starving. You know, that's why we understand that they are complaining and not singing because they were, con- they were afraid of losing control of what God had provided. It's easy for us to complain when we don't have control, but you don't have control, that's when you need faith. Let me say that one more time. When you don't have control, that's when you need faith. But I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, to release yourself from trying to control the uncontrollables and let God lead your life. So so number one, number one, back there looks better than up there when they're complaining over power of their singing. Secondly, back there looks better than up there when your comfortability blinds your ability. When your comfortability blinds your ability. Comfortability means you're comfortable, the condition of being comfortable. Comfortable means you're at ease and that you are settled. So my wife and I, when we first got married in the first few months, we we bought this massive couch. It seats about 12 people and we knew the color we wanted. We knew the material that we wanted. We even knew the price that we wanted. And out of all that, I wanted to make sure that it was going to be comfortable. So I continue to tell y'all, my wife and I, every single Wednesday, you will find us on our couch watching something called Married at First Sight. It just ended, so so we're probably not going to be sitting on our couch during that time. So 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 we're always usually watching this show, and it's about an hour and thirty minutes. But the last two weeks it has been the reunion, so it's been about two hours long, and and and, and so it, it, and if you don't know about it, it's really about four couples that meet for the first time at the altar together, and they get married, and they're married for eight weeks, but you got to watch it for yourself. So, so my wife and I, we learned that if we want me to watch the entire show, uh, my wife has to fast forward through all the commercials because I'm prone to fall asleep. I see somebody, a witness over there. Uh, uh, I, I always fall asleep, but not because I'm not interested. It's because the couch is so comfortable that I begin to fall asleep. Yo, y'all, the couch is so comfortable that I can just stay there and sleep on it all night. You know, while the, comf- the couch is comfortable, it was not designed for me to sleep on. That's what my bed is designed for. My couch is designed for me to sit on. My brothers and sisters, don't get so comfortable that you end up resting on the thing that God has called you to sit on temporarily. Don't get comfortable in the season that God called you to rest in temporarily because your resting was not designed to t- keep you there. It was designed to give you strength. So when you go through the wilderness, you can make it every step of the way. Now, now being comfortable now being comfortable is not a sin, but if we get comfortable, it can blind our ability to see what God is doing all around us. The Israelites were so comfortable, they are, it would blind their ability to see. It blinded their ability to also follow because the text shows us that the Israelites complained about Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron were men of God that God chose to lead the people out of Egypt. Moses and Aaron, you know the story of Moses. Moses was an Israelite by birth and he was then given to the hands of the Egyptians and God called him to lead the people out of Egypt. And he he, he, he said, I I have a speech impediment. I can't speak. But God said, if I called you, God said, I will anoint you and use you to bring my people out. So God called Moses and Moses began to lead the people out of Egypt. And they followed Moses because signs and wonders followed Moses. Now, the Bible shows us that the Israelites loved Moses and Aaron. Moses was able to lead the people out of Egypt and through Elam. But you understand, my brothers and sisters, that that the people were willing to follow Moses to get out of Egypt. But now they're complaining about Moses and Aaron. And the text says that they become so comfortable that they're willing to follow them out of something, but not willing to follow them into something. So so the text shows us here that Moses did did, did not complain about the people, but the people begin to starve and begin to complain. And they begin to complain about the prophet. But you understand the Bible tells us in Luke 24, he says, but I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Which means it's easy for us as people to get comfortable and familiar with our leaders to the point that we begin to doubt that they hear from God. Jesus understood that it's easy to doubt the power and the work of God among those that are most familiar to us. It's easy for us to get familiar with our leaders just as the people begin to get familiar with Jesus. My brothers and sisters, don't get so comfortable that we're not willing to follow so we can go to the next season of our life. So the text tells us in verse 3, if only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. They sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you brought us into the wilderness to starve us all to death. Israelites had selective thinking. Everybody shall selective thinking. They, They remembered the past and thought that their time in Egypt was actually good. I'm reading the text. I'm telling you, they had selective thinking. They remembered and thought that their time in Egypt was actually better than where they were. They thought that their time of being bound as slaves were actually good times. The text says that there in Egypt, we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. They lost sight of God's future for them and also twisted the path to support their perspective about their complaints. They begin to get so comfortable with their past, they could not see the blessing that God had right in front of them. Can I tell you something, my brothers and sisters, that comfortability and comparing one season to the next will cause you to be blind to the blessing that God has all around you. Preach rightly, thank you. You see, you see, you see, you see, you see in the in this season as we're now in this fall season, we understand that there are four seasons. There is uh, uh, there are four seasons. There are four transitional seasons and there are four. Uh, excuse me, there are two major seasons and there are two transitional seasons. The two major seasons are, are winter and my favorite summer. Uh, but, but there are two transitional seasons, which is spring and fall. The reality is, is that in transitional seasons, you never know what's going to happen. In March, you never know what's going to happen during that time. You don't know if it's going to rain. You don't know if it's going to snow. All you know, it serves as a season of transportation to get you to the season you've been waiting on. That's what's happening to the Israelites in our text. They are in a place of transition. They've come out of one major season and going to the next season, but they're in this transition Season, but they don't know what's going to happen next. But all I can tell you is that if you trust God, He can take you to the next level. So, 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 so my brothers, sisters, so not only does their complaining overpower their singing and their comfortability blinds their ability. But lastly, my third point here is that when the expected cripples our expectation, everybody shout the expected can cripple your expectation. Everybody shall keep your hope alive. It's easy for us as people that when we complain and compare, it's easy for us to get used to God. We can get used to his presence. We can get used to his blessing. We can get used to how God moves to the point that we expect God to move. One thing I've learned about the expected is that it will cripple your expectation. Many times we're looking for God for what he did 10 years ago, 30 years ago, and looking at that and lowering our expectation because we think that God's going to move in the same way. Let me tell you something. As you're getting ready for 2022, I want to encourage you to raise your expectation. The Bible says something very familiar. He says that the, 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 the Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. God does not change. Let me read that again. The Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. God does not change. You must understand that even though God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, God does not change. But can I tell you something? That even though God does not change, he never provides in the same way or in the same place. The Israelites are familiar with the blessings that they become so comfortable and knowing that God's going to come through this way, but they miss that God's actually going to move this way. Their their expectation crippled them. But can I tell you something? Look at the text. The text says, the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day you can go out and pick out as much food as they need. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day they will gather and they will prepare it and there will be twice as much as usual. Now look at the text. The text says, the Lord says, I'm going to rain down food from heaven. Who has ever heard of food coming down from heaven? I just had a smoked turkey. I never heard of it coming from heaven. If I have a smoked turkey, it's going to come from the ground. Who has ever heard from food coming down from heaven? I'm not talking about something that you can just uh, uh, think that it's just imaginary. No, I'm talking about literally, he says, food is going to come down from heaven. What does that say? In the place that you least expected, that's when God will come through. In the place that you don't expect it, God will come through. In the place where you need him the most, God says, I will come through. In the place that seems familiar to you, God says, I will come through and I will provide for you in a place that you don't expect it. Can I tell you something, my brothers and sisters? Where you're going is much better than where you've been. Can I tell you something? Let me say it again. Where you're going is much better than where you've been. Some of y'all just got your faces all frowned at me. Dog. I don't understand it, but I'm just trying to drill it in your head. Where you're going is much better than where you've been. Why are you saying that, Pastor Rodney? Because back there, God provided from the ground. But up there, he provides from the sky. Back there, you had to sweat for it. But up there, he will supply it. Back there, you had to work hard for it. But up there, you get to rest. Can I tell you something, Pastor Ray? Where you're going is much better than where you've been. The Bible says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Let me say that one more time. He says, behold, I will do a new thing. Can I tell you something? If you go to 2022 and expecting God to do what he did back in 2019, you're going to miss it. If you're going to go into 2022 thinking about what happened in 2020 and 2021, you're going to miss it. God says, I, you may be in a wilderness season right now, but God says, I'm trying to get you to the mountaintop to meet with God. And What do you have to do? You got to have a word. You got to have a song to encourage your heart. You got to have a song to encourage your heart. A song that says, I've been young, but now I'm old. And I never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging for bread. You need to have a song that says, better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. You need to have a song that says, I would have fainted, Lest I believe and see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You need a song and a word that says, Don't become weary in well doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. You need a song that says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. You need a song that says, All things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. You need song that says we've been made endure for a night but joy is going to come through in the morning where you're going is much better than where you have been that's what you have to do can I tell you something my brothers and sisters you need to keep your hope alive raise your expectation for what God is able to do in your life can I tell you something? You may, you may be wondering, Pastor Rodney, how, how am I going to make it? Can I tell you something? You're still here. If you thought you weren't going to be able to make it through last year, you can see yourself this year. And the same God who is able to keep you is the same God who is able to keep you now and forever. Everyone's standing all over this place. I want to encourage you this morning. Everyone's standing. Everyone's standing. Can I tell you where you're going is much better than where you've been. Where you're going is much better than where you've been. Where you're going is much better than where you've been. There's there's some of you in this room, you you have been questioning God. I I don't know if I can make it through. Some of you have been struggling even financially and saying, God, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Some of you have even experienced more sickness this year than ever before. God says where you're going is much better than where you've been. I, 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 I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, in order for you to get to that next place where God has called you to go, you gotta take God with you. You gotta take his presence with you. Because when you take God's presence with you, you don't keep your eyes on your situation, you don't keep your eyes on the ground, you keep your eyes in the sky. Why? Because as soon as I keep my eyes from where my help comes from, my help only comes from the Lord. The Bible says, he says, I'm getting ready to rain down food from heaven. What God is simply saying is when your pots are getting ready to get empty, that's on the earth. Where you need to look is where your help comes from. What are you saying, Pastor Rodney? Pastor Rodney's trying to tell you is that the place your eyes need to go is now up. Where your eyes need to go is now up. When you need healing in your body, your eyes need to go up. When you need deliverance in your life, your eyes need to go up. When you need God to provide for you, your eyes need to go up. Because God says, I'm not going to provide from the ground. God says, I'm able to provide from the sky. What does that mean? Only God can do it. Let me say that one more time. I said only God can do it. If I can share just for a quick second. Uh, uh, Christina's husband has been uh, battling with COVID. He's been in and out of the hospital. But can I tell you where you're going is much better than where you've been. Why? Because you're not looking at a testimony that's not on stage that was going through a situation but now has hope that God's able to provide because she looked to the sky can i tell you my brothers and sisters you may be in a dark situation right now but all i need you to do right now is just lift up your hands and look to the sky Look to the sky from where your help comes from. Look to the sky from where God can do it. If you don't need it, you can keep your hands down. That's all right. I just need somebody who said, God, I need more of your presence. God, I need more of you. I, 2021 was a rough year for me, but God, I just need you to provide from the sky. I need my healing to come from the sky. I need my breakthrough to come from the sky. I need my provision from to come from you. Come on, lift up your hands. Come on, speak to them. Come on, speak to them. We're going to get into this song. We're going to go ahead sing that song we're going to sing this bridge together because we want to ask God to give us a strength to come through the wilderness to go right where he's called God says he's greater than where you were and God says I'm able to take you to where you're going God says, I'm able to hold it all together. What does that mean? That means all things are working together for your good. It may not feel good. It may not look good. But God says, it's working together. And God says, I'm able to hold it all together. But God says, I'm able to hold you all together. Let me say that one more time. I said, God says, I'm able to hold you together. Some of you have been dealing with anxiety. Some of you have been dealing with depression. Some of you have been dealing with fear. But God says, I'm able to hold you together. Can we give God praise that he's able to hold us together? Come on, come on, come on. Sing this song together. Come on, let's sing this together. God of my presence, You write my story, you hold it all together, God of my present, God of my future, you write my story, you hold it all together, God of my present, God of my future. able to hold it all together and God said I'm able to hold you together. While you're going through the wilderness on your way to the mountaintop to meet with God, God says I'll be with you. God says I'll never leave you nor forsake you because where you're going is much better than where you've been. The scripture says no eyes have seen, no ears have heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. What God is able to do, He's able to hold it all together. Keep your hope in Christ. Because when your situation may seem hopeless, God can take your hopeless case situation and turn it into a case of hope. God says, I can use your story and I can hold it all together. Every eye closed, there may be someone here today that does not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. He can write your story. He is writing your story. And He can hold you all together. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, all you have to do is surrender your life over to Him. Believe in Him. Trust in Him. And He can change your life around. Pray this prayer with me. And we all pray together. Father, I come in need of Jesus. I recognize my sin. And I today believe that your son died on the cross and rose again with all power in his hand today i believe i'm saved i'm saved i'm saved if you prayed that prayer for the very first time you're now saved you're now part of the family of god can we give god praise for all those who gave their heart over to the lord amen 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 if you're here Amen. You gave your heart over to the Lord. I would like to meet you. Pastor Ray would love to meet you. We'll be out in the lobby. We would love to be able to connect with you. If this is your very first time here, please come and see uh, myself or Pastor Ray. We would love to be able to greet you as well, get to know you. And uh, thank you so much for coming to worship with us uh, the, the, the couple of days after Thanksgiving. We're grateful that y'all came to church. And uh, we hope to see you all next week. Remember, ne- remember, when you come back next Sunday, remember, some of you may have a testimony. Say, Pastor Rodney. I see God working it through because where I'm going is much better than where I've been. God bless. I'll see you all next week. God bless you.